0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. on behalf of millions of Canadians when uh, I say that our hearts go out to uh, Colton Bushy's family, uh, his mum Debbie, uh, his friends, uh, and the entire community. I'm not going to comment on the process that led us to this point today, uh, but I am going to say we have come to this point as a country uh, far too many times.
0: So there's uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, And did Justin Trudeau and Jody Wilson-Raybould declare Mr. Stanley, uh, Gerald Stanley, guilty and declare the all-white jury to be racist and capable or unwilling to find a white man guilty in the murder of an aboriginal man? These are questions that have been asked over the last several days, many questions asked about the uh, second-degree murder trial of Gerald Stanley in the death of 22-year-old Colton Bushy. There is concern among some lawyers that Justin Trudeau and the Federal Minister of Justice and Attorney General interfered with and are interfering with the Canadian justice system by speaking out as they have. For the Minister of Justice and the Prime Minister to meet with the family of the dead man and insist Canadians can and must do better, which is a frequently repeated mantra from the Trudeau government whenever race is an issue in the news, could be interpreted as two federal government leaders accusing the jury in the Gerald Stanley murder trial of being made up of racists. I said that before, and I'm hearing that from folks who are sending me emails and and uh, making their opinions known that way. The jury members cannot defend themselves publicly because they're, by law, not permitted to speak about the case or the deliberation and verdict. There's uh, been little talk about what happened at the farm of Mr. Stanley the day of the shooting of Colton Bushy, so there's a lot to talk about. My guests are Jean Taillet. She's a lawyer in British Columbia. She's the great-grandniece of historic Métis leader Louis Riel and a defender of Indigenous rights. She won a significant Supreme Court of Canada decision on Métis fishing rights. Mr. thank you very much for taking the time. Nice to be here. Scott Newark, former Alberta prosecutor, executive director of the Canadian Police Association and security and justice policy analyst and adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. Hey, Scott. Does the not guilty verdict for Gerald Stanley require the national reaction it has received, the denunciations of the jury that have been issued, the personal intervention of the prime minister and the federal minister of justice? Or given how our court system and criminal justice system demands a criminal trial is held, Ms. Paye, did uh, did the trial proceed according to protocol, and was the verdict properly arrived at?
2: Well, the the was the, the <laughs> that's a big mouthful. You just swallowed out there. Um, I'm I, I, I think that what we see is that the there were um, several peremptory challenges made, um, and that the composition of the jury appears to be um, appears to be. A representative of one part of the community. That's what the appearance is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really at issue here, is that the jury is supposed to um, fulfill two functions. One, it's supposed to be the conscience of the community, and by that I mean the whole community. And it's also supposed to, because it is a representative um, selection of the whole community, it's supposed to garner Faith in the justice system because of the way it works. And I think that's what is the issue here is the appearances here. And I think that I wouldn't jump so quickly to say that the justice minister and the prime minister were slagging the jury themselves as so much as the problem we have Of appearances and the fact that the jury does not appear to represent the whole community and what it certainly has done is not created any faith in the justice system and or um, smoothed out any of the problems in the community so I think if you just flipped it around the other way and and I always find it's a useful exercise let's just imagine for a minute what would be happening if the jury had gone the other way, if the jury had found Mr. Stanley guilty, I think we would have been hearing a lot of cries of, see, they played the race card kind of thing, which we've heard in other situations. So I think the clear message from this is that this trial has uh, highlighted a big problem that we have in Canada And so I think it is worthy of us all talking about it and taking a look at what happened here and whether there's something we can do to make it better, because clearly nobody in Saskatchewan, either on the Stanley side of it or on the the, uh, Cotonbushie side of it, is happy. With how this happened or feel like it solved any problems and that's a problem for all of us.
0: You know we cannot at this point ignore what's been said, we cannot ignore the verdict, we cannot make un- ignore the make- makeup of the jury, it's all very important for us to discuss and, and get at. As though, and I'll ask you one more question before I ask Mr. Newark a question, there have been lawyers who've said the Prime Minister's intervention or reaction and response and the Justice Minister's reaction and response may very well have clouded the opportunity for an appeal. Do you agree with that?
2: No, not at all. I don't believe for a moment that the Saskatchewan Court of Appeal would consider that in any way at all in uh, deciding whether they will take give leave on this appeal. I don't think it will have any bearing on the Crown's decision to, as to whether it's going to seek an appeal. I don't think it will play out at all. In there, I think that also, I think it's a big leap to say that, the, that their uh, comment, again, I'd flip it around the other way. Usually, nobody comments on that. And we think that that is actually um, a good thing. But it's actually a comment just by virtue of not commenting. Yeah. It's a comment of saying, oh, well, that's the norm, let's let it go. And the fact that they did comment, and I'm not sure you can say that it's a direct comment on the jury that the jury did a bad thing i think they're expressing some of the sadness that aboriginal people in this country feel and i also think that my earlier comments about the fact that this hasn't resolved anything because it doesn't represent the whole community and people and it hasn't built any faith in fact it's undermined our faith in the justice system i think they think that's something that needs looking at and i agree with them on that but it won't have any effect on whether the appeal goes through at all. I do not believe that our judges are so susceptible <laughs> to that kind of comment. They're they're good people who ha- know their jobs and know what they need to look at.
0: Scott, where do you stand? Is the, is when, when race is involved in clearly involved in a case and a capital murder case? Um, d- does is is our justice system unwieldy, too unwieldy at this point, uh, or not?
2: Well.
1: I don't really think so. And in many ways, that's what I found the most disturbing about the Justice Minister and Prime Minister's remarks was that it, um, they, and I agree that I don't know that it was so much targeted at the individual jury as it was that somehow the system itself um, had a racist component to it. And that's what undermines public confidence in our justice system, comments like that. And in particular, um, the thing that struck me about it was. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm pretty sure that uh, neither Justin Trudeau nor uh, the uh, Justice Minister were in the courtroom and knew specifically what had taken place. And before you make assumptions like that, uh, I think it's important that you actually know the facts of the case. And as uh, there's a, it was an excellent story that ran this week. Uh, candace Malcolm in the uh, Toronto Sun tracked down somebody who was in the uh, the jury pool and for their observations of what exactly took place, and it completely negates what it was that was the sort of standardized message coming out of this that there was somehow some kind of uh, racist implication to this about uh, uh aboriginal people uh, being excluded from the jury so i really think that the especially with our justice system being founded as it is on public confidence those kinds of ill-informed remarks are not helpful in the slightest because I, and i do agree with uh, with your other uh, uh, guest that uh... there is a major issue in terms of trying to improve that sense of public confidence, that the uh, ownership, if you will, of the justice system within um, Aboriginal communities. And there's actually, I think, been some positive developments out of this because there's been some very good uh, work published on how it is the jury pools are selected and improvements we can potentially make to ensure that the uh, there's appropriate representation as well about uh, whether or not we even need these peremptory uh, challenges. Uh, to exist in the in the criminal code uh, at all? I think those are legitimate questions that need to be asked and answered. But I think the intervention here and the automatic, if you will, you know, reaction that there must have been some kind of a racist implication here are completely inappropriate.
0: Let me take a break, and then I'll ask you to speak with each other about this issue. Maybe we can talk about these peremptory challenges, because that's been a point of contention as well over the last number of days. And then the fundamental question that that I keep coming back to, and again, this is a, the summary of what I've heard and what people have said to me over the past week, is, is the justice system systemically unfair to indigenous people? That seems to be the core question. We'll come back with Scott Newark and uh, Jean Taillet on The Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
1: He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is the Roy Green Show.
0: Send your emails to roy at roygreenshow dot com. Twitter is at the Roy Green Show. Let me read you a few lines as well from the Battleford News Optimist. The Saskatchewan Trial Lawyers Association has issued a statement against unfair accusations in after the math of Gerald Stanley trial, which concluded in Battlefield recently with a non-guilty verdict. The statement issued by the president on behalf of the association says the judge, lawyers, and jury have had unfair and unwarranted comments directed towards them. All right, my guests on this question, and again, the fundamental question appears to be is our justice system, system systemically unfair to indigenous people? That's the question that's that's asked, and uh, other questions spring from that, of course. With me, Scott Newark, former Alberta prosecutor, and uh, Jean Taillet, She's a lawyer and uh, grandniece of Louis Riel, a defender of indigenous rights. Ms. Taille, let me ask you and Mr. Newark to speak with each other without my interference or my asking questions, which may take you off your trains of thought. We're 20 minutes into this. Uh, where where does the discussion need to go now, the one we're having?
2: Uh, I would say the discussion needs to acknowledge... I, I do think that Aboriginal people are uh, in their mindset um, and in their participation and in every way not, uh, not feeling that our, especially our criminal justice system, is... Uh, is something that they understand, that they um that they have any faith in. They feel like, you know, the the lovely symbol we have of the lady with the blind uh justice with the scales. I think they feel like that little blind that little rag that's around her head is fur that it's slipped up a little bit and one eye is beadily fixed on them. I, I'm not saying all oh, this is right. I'm just saying that's the feeling there, that the system isn't working and so when you have a large part of your population who feel like this, that's a problem. And, and because we know, and I think Scott would agree, the only reason our our laws work in this country is because we have 99% compliance with them. Most people agree with them. Most people live by them. Most people accept them and, and endorse them. And we need that to continue. But what we have is a very growing, alienated population of Aboriginal people, particularly on the prairies, who are opting and acting and living outside this system and not uh, for, for all kinds of reasons, but that's what's happening. Now, it's a problem, and we all have to get together, not just one side, but both sides. Okay. We have to sit down, roll up our sleeves, and try and figure out what we're going to do about this. Scott?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that a, a, is a good point, because we just make the assumption uh, that frankly, as a general sort of a population of Canada, that we have public confidence in our justice system quite quite frankly because it 's seen as being our justice system, and i don't think that is as anywhere near a shared perception in um, indigenous communities on uh, including on reserves as well too, and so I think it it makes very good sense to try to find ways that we can make the people who are uh, living there and who are Aboriginals come to the conclusion that, in fact, this justice system is also their justice system, and it serves them. So I think there's been some steps in the uh, in the recent years in terms of increasing, uh, for example, uh, tribal policing. I think that's a good idea. I was involved in, in my judicial district. It was on we had uh, uh, Hobima. It's been renamed, but there were four bands there. And I helped get a tribal police force set up, and we actually implemented something that was in effect like a diversion system using community resources as opposed to sort of the formalized structure. Those kinds of things I think are important so that you uh, don't have this sense of, uh, of alienation, and instead there's a greater recognition which produces that greater confidence that in fact this is also their system and they're involved in it.
0: So here's, here's a question that I, 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 have. A, I have. I have to, to ask to this, to this question. Good idea. I have to ask this question. Does an all-white jury cause necessarily uh, a lack of confidence if that all-white jury is is, is deciding on either um, a, a Caucasian defendant Or an indigenous defendant? Does it matter really, ultimately? Why not
2: not also a Somali defendant? Huh? Well, I mean, also, uh, uh, I think what you have to do is look at... It's not just... If it it was just that this once you had an all-white jury and an aboriginal defendant, that would be one thing. But it's when there's a a track record of it. That's when it starts to build up, Roy. That's what the problem is.
0: But one of the the things I've heard...
2: Let's just, wait a minute, just put this in the context of the southern United States and all those white juries that um, condemned black men, right? So, and that is, whether that person did it or not, it just builds up a perception, and that's what's happening here. Now, I get and it. Perception, a perception becomes
0: reality, right? Perception becomes yeah. reality. But I've also heard that there were opportunities for uh, Aboriginal Indigenous people to be on that Stanley jury, and, yep. and that didn't happen. Why not?
1: Correctly. The- in fact, the, that's the in Candace Malcolm story. Is that uh, approximately half of the people that actually showed up for the uh, the jury pool uh, were, from this person's perspective, just less than half were actually uh, Indigenous uh, people. Uh, and quite properly, there is an initial step in the process as you go through and you see if anybody's uh, unable to serve as a juror. They may know. Um, either uh, the uh, the accused person or the deceased or, you know, police officers, things like that. And approximately half of those individuals that were aboriginal uh, excused themselves from the process. So it wasn't that they weren't in that pool that was there, but through the legitimate process, they themselves excused themselves, and it sounds like properly, from the jury process. And that following that, there were um, some pretty outrageous remarks being made by some of those people about uh, how the uh, this guy should get hanged and things that would properly attract uh, individuals who are making those remarks being excused for cause.
0: All right, and Scott, let me, Scott, Scott I have to I have pool. to stop here for just a second, but we yes. can't end the conversation here. Can you both stay a little longer? Uh, sure. Stay? Yep. Good. We'll come back with Gene uh, Taillet um, in Vancouver, Scott Newark is in Ontario, and we will continue with our discussion on not only the Stanley trial, but really, again, to the fundamental question, is our justice system systemically unfair to indigenous peoples? There's a yes or a no. There's also potentially a middle ground. But we come back to the issue of, look, after a while, perception becomes reality for people, and that can lead to difficulties as well. It's The Green Show. Please stay with us.
1: Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is the Roy Green Show.
0: Getting some... uh Really interesting responses on Twitter and email. On Twitter, at uh, Belgium1649 tweets, Why does Prime Minister Justin Trudeau assume Indigenous people would have found Stanley guilty of murder? That's an interesting question. And uh, email from Debbie to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Hello, Roy. Our color of skin should not be a question of whether we can represent the whole community. I believe that we, no matter color of skin or nationality, can represent the whole community. Juries should be chosen on the best person, not on their nationality. Scott Newark, former Crown attorney in Alberta, former executive officer of the Canadian Police Association, and uh, adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University is one of my guests. Jean Taillet, lawyer and great grandniece of Louis Riel, uh, and a defender of indigenous rights. I would imagine that you take on many cases, Miss Taillet, but uh, this is such a this is such I think a a pivotal moment for us in understanding our justice system, and if we take advantage of it, we might all come out better for it. Uh, I hope I'm not overstating, but jury selection has been a point of much discussion. We've heard a great deal about peremptory challenges. Let's get to this whole issue of who's on a jury. Who can decide fairly? And is there a perception that, okay, you're not like me. You don't speak my language, or you're not the same skin color, or you don't have the same ethnic background as me. So how can you possibly judge me fairly? Uh, let's let's talk about that. Taya, why don't you start us off? I think
2: there's a lot of a lot of things at play in in this discussion. I, I wanted to go back though to something Scott said, which is that people made comments like, I'm going to hang them and things like that, and that that was a legitimate reason for putting people out of the pool. I, I get it from the perspective that Scott's saying that that would be seen that way, but I think there might be another way to look at those things. I think that's a loud statement from um, a perspe- a person who's been called into jury duty saying, I don't want to participate in any system that is judging Colton Bushy and I'm going to just loudly say something like that because I will not take part in what they would maybe perceive as a lynching party and then the so that's one thing to understand that may be going on there and then another thing that might be going on is that you have a whole community of Aboriginal people who are so angry about you know this is like you know a lot of ways it's like a can of worms, right? You pull up one worm and it's attached to another worm and another worm, and the whole community is bruised. And so you touch it in one place, it raises five other bruises in another place. So the idea that the whole community is angry and they're not very well schooled at hiding that under the nice Canadian politeness, and so it comes out I think those are all things that are playing. I'm not using those as excuses or I'm not disputing your facts about the content of the pool. I'm just saying that there are other, there are ways to understand why people are acting the way they are and what they're doing that I think are not easily being, that are not readily being looked at. So the other issue is you're saying, well, aren't we all the same? Shouldn't we all be, you know, color? This This isn't about color. Right. It's not necess- it, This isn't just a colour issue or a race issue. These are people who have their own histories here. They weren't brought here as individuals. There's a whole long history of their people, and they have a whole different way of thinking about justice and a whole different way of understanding how to fix wrongs in a community. And so they're, I, they're, and they're very puzzled by ours, and that is fact right they don't understand our system they they just look at it as you do what why would you do that what good do you think that's going to do they don't necessarily buy we think our system's perfect right we think it's wonderful it's the best like this and they just look I'm at it and think sure they're crazy yeah. okay scott yeah, as I say, I'm
1: not sure I'd go to perfect, but uh, just just to, on the two <laughs> you're right,
2: points, I exaggerate. <laughs> yeah,
1: on the on the two points, the uh, the fact of the individual who's there for a jury pool and is making remarks uh, in effect uh, prejudging the individual that he is uh, guilty. Uh, frankly, if I was there and I was the prosecutor, even though you know theoretically that's what I'm I'm doing is presenting evidence for a conviction. Actually, it's to get at the truth, but even if I was the, the crown on that case and I heard somebody say that, I would have stepped up and said this person should be uh, not allowed to serve on the jury. It's pursuant to Section 638, subsection 1B, which says um, a prosecutor or an accused is entitled to any number of challenges on the ground that a juror is not indifferent between the queen and the accused. In other words, somebody's showing bias. And that's the whole point. And I think what's, what's really disturbing as well, too, is here are these people who legitimately have the feelings that you're describing, but when they act the way that they do and say things like that, they're the ones that are causing themselves being excluded and thus creating the scenario by which they say, well, oh, there wasn't the appropriate representation on the on the jury. I think there needs to be some... A part of the, the longer-term solution also needs to be some candid looking in the mirror and acceptance of some responsibility. That things, uh, you know, uh, this is not necessarily inherently because of some other kind of racism, but because our justice system is seeking that kind of uh, neutrality before somebody is uh, sworn in as a juror. To your other, your other point, or the the larger issue, I think the. Uh, uh, misunderstanding or lack of confidence in the justice system within the uh, the aboriginal uh, communities in many measures is because of the fact of the way it, and as you say it's not simply something about uh, skin color it's culture and it's a culture in many ways of um, seg- segregation and oppression through the reserve system and it's created this set of circumstances where um, Aboriginal people are grossly overrepresented in our justice system, but it's not because of, in my opinion and my experience, it's not because of, because of some inherent racism in the justice system. They're overrepresented because they disproportionately are committing crimes. And the real question should be why is that? But I think that's a question for our larger political system as to how it is that we have, over hundreds of years, in effect created this process with this kind of a result and fixing the justice system so as to try to address some of these imbalances. And, like we talked about before, where local Aboriginal communities, in effect, take ownership of the justice system, those are important components in this. But it gets sidetracked by these allegations of racism, which I think are essentially unfounded. Okay, I have two minutes. I have two
0: minutes. I have two minutes. minutes. So please answer, Scott. But then can you weave in an answer to this? Are the societal divides too great for this trial and this verdict to not create additional problems?
2: Um, I I think that, first of all, I think we know why people, why the Aboriginal people are overrepresented in this system, and it's a train that starts when they get scooped as kids from their parents and they get put into uh, um, care. And that's like the caboose on the train. So they end up in that car. And then they move from there and they get, you know, moved around 20, 30, sometimes 48 times, I've heard. And then they end up in juvie and then they end up on uh, – it's, it's a big train car. and We know the, the route that train is on and we know when they get on the train and we know where it's leading. So the problem is that we keep trying to use the justice system, which is a very blunt instrument, to fix what are big social problems. So I, th- I would say that's one of the biggest, biggest I, I
1: agree, issues here. Uh, I agree with that. I think we also need to address why they got on the
2: train in the first place. Absolutely. I and, agree and completely. That's because we these are, are bigger created. issues than yeah. justice issues. So. Yeah.
0: This is why right. I'm asking, is this particular trial going to create additional divisions uh, between different groups Ethnic groups, racial groups, linguistic groups, because it's more—it's going to be more than just Aboriginals and whites.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully not, and it's why I was. Well, at that's what I'm, I'm asking, Scott.
0: Hopefully, I agree, but the reality of it, is, will, it will it will it create more problems?
2: No, so the uh, problems are there. Or dialogue? This isn't more problems. This is just highlighting the existing ones, and we've been here before with Leo mm-hmm. Lachance. We've been here before with multiple other situations before. The issue is, are we going to do anything about it? We know what this is. None of this is new. None of it.
1: And, for but example, let's take something positive. We don't need to have peremptory challenges. Let's get Why rid do of them. we get rid of those? get rid of them.
0: <laughs> All right, tell us, for those people who are not sure what peremptory challenges are, what are they?
1: Essentially, it's a provision of the, uh, of the criminal code in uh, Section uh, 634, where basically defense counsel and prosecutors are just allowed to say, I don't want that person to be on the jury, and I don't have to give any reasons for it. We don't okay. need that. All right. and by the way, it's there is an exception that you're not allowed to use too. a peremptory challenge on the grounds of uh, uh, gender.
0: Let me, ask you, let me ask you both this. What's the question that I ask my callers? Well, I have time for about 10 minutes for phone calls, what's the question that has to be asked now?
1: <laughs> um, personally, I would suggest. Uh, I, 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 I try to put it on to a positive focus. Are there ways we can improve the operation of our justice system so as to reduce these kinds of uh, tensions and claims of uh,
2: racial discrimination?
0: Mr. what would you ask?
2: Well I would say that I think our, our whole justice system needs a rethink. Um needs a needs a tune up and a modernization and uh,
0: way too okay away now you now your telephone is now your telephone's winking out tech technically or technologically thank you both Sorry. for joining us gene Taya and uh, Scott Newark thank you Okay. it's Roy right. Green on the chorus radio network so let me just ask the question that I thought was fundamental to this whole discussion and that is is our justice system systemically unfair to indigenous people 800-263-2428 is the number to call Is our justice system system systemically unfair to indigenous people? And is there a way to improve the current reality that came out of this, out of the Stanley trial? 800-263-2428, wherever you are in Canada, is the justice system system systemically unfair to indigenous people? And how do we improve things? Your thoughts when we come back.